Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We serve a great and mighty God. And one who's interested and cares about every single, every single individual on the planet. There's not a single person anywhere, any place that God doesn't care about. And that God is not trying to get the message of the gospel and the good news to them anyway. Regardless of what their circumstances are. And sometimes he will even speak to them through creation. And if they're not in a place where they can hear the, the words of the gospel of Jesus, he will speak to them through creation. He will make himself known to them through the stars and the sun and the beautiful creation. That's what the Bible says in the book of Romans. They have no excuse because he makes himself, no one has excuse because he makes himself known through creation to every living being. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, there's quite a lot of things I've got to get through to today. So, um, first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to just uh, show you what's happening. We've had some, some delay, some because of the weather, some just preparation time and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I want to show you some pictures of what's going on in the Joburg, the Joburg project. So I shall move out of the way because I think it's going to come on this screen here. Next, you can just, you recognize this space here? Joburg people? You can't see that beautiful view anymore. It's going to be replaced by something like this. So you can get a view anyway. Keep going. This is the wall on the on the the parking side of the building. Some more. This is the wall that's busy being completed on the on the other side of the building. And here we're putting concrete in and making the slab so that we have a full auditorium on the top. And so you won't be able to come out of the auditorium from these stairs. You'll have to go out of the auditorium another way in the future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Looks a little bit untidy now, but bait fuss. We're going stage at a time. There's a number of reasons for it, and uh, that's how the Lord said that we should do it, go one stage at a time. Um, that helps us with a number of things. It helps us make sure that we, we get all the bits and pieces in the way we should get it in, and it also helps with the cash flow in the ministry, that we believe God for the next amount of money to come in so that we can do the, the stages as and when we need the, the finances. They will be there. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's what the words the Lord said to me, big and bold, version 2 in 22. And so we are going to change everything. Hallelujah. Including ourselves. With boldness. Glory to God. So God is not standing. It's impossible for God to stand still. 
It's impossible for God not to move. He is energy, and, and as such, all energy that exists on the earth exists because He is energy, and He is life, and He is light, and so it's impossible for God to remain the same. Therefore, everything, everything, everything that you as a, as a believer, we as a creation, has to keep moving. We have to keep growing. We have to keep changing. We have to keep, because, because God requires it. As long as there is uh, daylight and nighttime, there will be sea time and harvest. There will be rain and there will be things that happen that need to keep the earth moving. Hallelujah. So we must keep moving, spiritually speaking. Praise the Lord. God created you. He created every creature that exists. In the heavens, there are creatures. There are creatures that live in light. And there are creatures that cannot come to the light because they are dark. There are creatures that once lived in the light angels that are fallen, and there are now creatures that live separated from the light. Those creatures all have access to the human creature that God created on the earth because the human create, creature was created in God's image. And so the creature of darkness came and presented himself to the creature that, man, that God created and tested his desire to follow the only true will in the, in the universe, which is the will of God, to prove that actually his power is as equal, if not greater, to than the power of God. So the focus of his, of his attention became the created creature covered in glory, equal to God in every way. Adam and Eve were equal to God in every way. There was nothing about Adam and Eve that was different from God. How can I say that? Because God said, let us make man in our image. And in the image of them, he made us. So he made Adam, Adam in, in the image of God. So he made us in his likeness. And so the man became the focus Man became the focus of the dark, the dark side, the, the creatures that live in darkness. And God required, because He created the earth and because He made man in His image, He created him with the requirement of being able to make a choice. And so the way that He made a choice was you either eat from the tree of life or you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So what did the creature that came from the darkness that was always in the light, what did he come and do? He came to use words of light to deceive the creature that lives in the light. He said he used God's words that are light, that are directive, that are creative, that are powerful, that are protective, that are 
eternal, that are purposeful. He took those words and he used those very same words. So he used words of light because he couldn't create any other words of his own. He used words of light to ask questions of, of the creature that had the glory. That looked like God. And then he used the questions, has God said? He used the question because he couldn't create an alternative narrative to a glorified being. He used a question to make the person have a choice. And only through the question could the person choose. And he questioned the very light words of God. He used the light words of God to question the light words of God. And so the creature chose to go against the light words of God because the words seemed so appealing. It is true, still today, that the enemy of God, and this is part three of the messages that I've been preaching. So when I've talked about Russia invading Ukraine and the infrastructure crumbling, and when I've spoken about China and, and Iran and Israel and America and all of these things, this is part three of what God has put on my heart to share this weekend. So I can't talk about the other two. I can't go back there this morning. But the enemy of God used the environment that God creates for creatures. Every creature that he creates, he always creates an environment for the creature to live in. And the environment is suitable for the creature Always, God will never create a creature without a suitable environment for the creature. So he never made a fish to fly. Some people that smoke things think they do, but they don't. He made a fish to swim and he made a bird to fly. He creates the environment for the creature. And so today the contest is still. The environment that you live in becomes the question of whether you choose words of light or whether you let the enemy question the words of light in your life and then let you make your own conclusions and choose alternatives to what God says. And so I say to you that the environment that God has created for us, God has not chosen our environment to be our enemy. God has chosen our environment for us to enjoy. So the environment we either enjoy or we see it as an enemy. So God said, this environment is for you to enjoy, creature man. But if you become fearful and anxious and you become ashamed and you become and you feel guilty and you become prideful and you choose your own ways then your environment becomes your enemy because in your environment every resource now becomes a scarcity but when god gives you the environment and you have his words of light your environment becomes something for you to enjoy i'm already preaching very good today 
So God has created environmental infrastructure for us so that the infrastructure of the environment can serve us. We are not supposed to serve our environment. Our environment is supposed to serve us. And so as people of the earth, there is a contest going on for the resources that exist in the earth. And it is part of the reason why Russia has invaded Ukraine, because there is an environmental contest, which borderlines are meant to be. And some people pridefully want to have the old Soviet Union borderlines back because they include more, more land that is more, more of the fruit basket of the world, the wheat basket of the world. More oil, more gas. Sometimes it's not about the resources, it's about the human pride resource. It's about, your own, it's about the image of the individual or individuals or countries or nations. But God did not make our environment to be our enemy. He made our environment for us to enjoy if we live by light. So I'm trusting that from today onwards, you will no longer see your environment as your enemy. That have, being able to have money is not something that you have to achieve and perform and do many things to acquire. If you choose God as your first love and you seek Him, He made a promise that the environment will be you for you, there for you to enjoy. But if you don't put God first and you don't seek Him first, then your environment becomes your enemy and then you have to go after every resource and compete with everybody else for the same resource. So, Russia is competing with America on oil and there's politics on involved at levels that we don't understand. People like George Soros and many other people that are trying to manipulate governments, manipulate countries, manipulate social orders. Uh, people, they want to manipulate political powers. All around the globe, there are things that are going on all the time because the resource, part of the resource that is in the environment is you. There, it doesn't matter how much gold there is, how much oil there is, how much anything. Without man, those resources have no meaning. They have no reason to be used or to be sought after. You are the resource that is the primary reason for contest. And so governments contest the will of the people and they try to always harness the will of the people because when you harness the will of the people, you harness the energies that come with the, wills of, with the will of the people. And so that's what governments are all about. And that's what the enemy of God is all about. He's using people, using governments, using uh, people in strategic places to be able to manipulate and harness the energy of people. So I'm trusting that after these sets of meetings that you will believe that God didn't, does not require you to perform better than anybody else to get your environment to envelop you with things to enjoy. You don't have to compete with anybody for that. All you have to do is seek Him.
and all of the things that you want, that you need, that you desire will be given to you. They will be provided to you and for you. It's a promise from God. But the will of men, they enjoy the competitive, prideful focus of achievement and intellect and driven capability and education to, com to compete and compare the level of resources that they can accumulate or, or the level of enjoyment they can have without or with. Energy. Hallelujah. And so we are living in a time like many generations before us have lived. Certainly God was, has always been watching what's going on with human beings on the earth. He was watching what happened with Adam and Eve. And the very day that they chose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God showed up to walk in the cool of the evening to come and have fellowship with him. He was watching. And from that time onwards, he was watching men as they behaved badly. And he said, I can't, the, the, the heart of man is always evil. And so I can't let this happen. And so then he let, he had to destroy the earth and start again with another family. And then he was watching the earth and, uh, he had a friend, and his friend's name was Abraham. And he said, before I destroy, Pastor Andy spoke about it yesterday, but before I destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, who are so evil that I must wipe them off the place of, of the planet Earth. Before I do that, let me go and talk to my friend Abraham and let us reason together. So God has always been interested and has been watching what the creature and the environment of the creature, how they are working together and what's going on on the earth. He's, he has always been watching his people, particularly what they worship and how they worship and what, how they go about doing things. I'm going to get into that a little bit today. But... I'm mentioning the past of the Bible because if we think that the First World War, the Second World War, you can talk about the great crusades of the, of the British and the French that went and crusaded to try and capture Jerusalem in the, in the 1200s, 1300s, 1500s, whatever, hundreds of years they were doing it by. And they were fighting against the Muslims to, to be able to control Jerusalem. Many wars across the earth. Many wars for resources here in Africa. There's been genocidal wars to the people like, for example, Rwanda. In Nigeria, in Kenya, even here in South Africa, we have had unfortunate history of apartheid where one group of people presided over another group of people and thought they had the right to do so. A genocide of a different sort, if you like. So what is happening on the earth right now has been happening for thousands of years. 
But God doesn't leave the earth to just do and become whatever it must become. He has always, always intervened. Always. And so, the greatest intervention that God had was He brought His Son, Jesus, to reverse what happened in the Garden of Eden. And so Jesus comes on the earth and he's, He walks in the environment that God created. He walks in this environment. And as a creature in a human body, He chooses every part of the environment to serve Him. And none of the environment that He, he was in was He a slave to it. If there was a storm, he told it to be still. If, they, if he needed to catch up to his disciples on the boat, he walked on water. If there wasn't enough food at hand, he just multiplied it. If there wasn't enough wine, he just multiplied it. There was nothing about the environment that enslaved Jesus. Everything about the environment served him. Why did it serve him? Because he always spoke the will of God. He always did the will of God. And he was always wanting to continue to please the Father. The God was first. What happened in the environment was never an issue to Jesus. When there was sickness, he confronted it. When there was demonic opposition, he overcame it. When there was a requirement for him to be training his disciples in the power and the authority of God, he waited for the timing of the Father and then he released it. The environment always served Jesus. The environment was never, his, he was never enslaved to the environment. No human resource had any power over Jesus. The greatest resource in the environment was the collective will of the people. And when the collective will of people decided to throw him off the cliff, he just said, you can't, and he walked through them. And when the collective will of people on another occasion wanted to stone him and wanted to, to kill him again, he just left them. They couldn't get a hold of him. And on the very final moments of his existence, this creature Jesus on the earth, he stands before the greatest might of the collective will of armies and people on the earth called the Roman Empire. And he stands before the representative of the Roman Empire, the governor Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate says to him, don't you know I have the power to take your life? And Jesus says, you cannot take my life. No man has any power to take my life unless I willfully give it. So even in a moment when all of the might of the Roman army said the collective will and the power and the energy of the human creature in this environment is ready to take you and kill you, he said, it's my choice. It's not because you have power over me. It's my choice. Now I submit my will to the environment, the energy of the people, the will of the people. I submit myself to it so that they can kill me so that the will of the Father can get done. 
let me go back. How much influence do you think devils, demons had over the will of the people that were mobsters shouting when he said, I'll give you one of two people. You can have Barabbas or you can have Jesus. Barabbas being a thief, being a bad man. They all shouted collectively, give us Barabbas, give us Barabbas. In other words, kill Jesus. Who do you think was behind the collective voice of the people? Do you think it was just the voice, just the, all the will of all the people to shout like that? No, all the demons and the devils of hell were in that moment active in the, in the minds, the hearts and the wills of the people, pers persuading them, inventing lies and manipulating people so that they could come against Jesus and convince them to take his life. Because how do, you, how do you figure that? Well, the Bible says that had they known that they were going to kill the Lord of glory and that God would raise him from the dead, they would never have killed the Lord of glory. So the Bible says if they were active about it. They were busy with it. They, were, they, they had a, everything to do with it. Because if they knew that it, then they wouldn't have and then he wouldn't have. Are you all with me still? Are you getting something out of this today? Hallelujah. And so Jesus dies and he gets raised from the dead and he now says, okay, I've taken all the judgment of men. Everything that the environment, including all the creatures and the energy of the environment, I, re I redeem it to what the Father intended it to be. I redeem it. Come on, church. He didn't just redeem you. He redeemed you everywhere you go in, in the environment. If you choose to let the environment dominate you, then that's your choice that you don't believe God enough. So you believe the environment more than you believe God. So then the environment becomes your enemy to overcome through your natural intellect, your education, your will, and all of the things, the, the connections, the, politi the political connections. You use those to overcome the environment. Because that's the only way you can overcome your enemy, the environment, is to be the best you can be in your environment. Because you've got to compete with all the others that want to be best, who want to get more money than you, who want to have more power than you, who want to influence your education outcome, who want to influence the future generations of our children. There are, the world is a great field for competitive competition all the time. Let's compete for gold. Let's compete for oil. Let's compete for political power. Let's compete for geographic boundaries. So the Bible says in the second Timothy chapter one, verse 13 in the Amplified, hold fast and follow the pattern of wholesome and sound teaching, which you have heard from me. 
Paul, in all faith and love which are for us in Christ Jesus. Guard and keep with the greatest care. Please, will you tell, say these words after me? The greatest care. That means you don't just give a little bit of attention now and again. If, you, if there's something that, you, that is the greatest thing that you care about, this is what you're supposed to do with sound doctrine. Words of light. Guard them and keep with great, greatest care the precious and excellent adapted truth. What is the adapted truth? The truth that you need in any given environmental circumstance which has been entrusted to you by the help of the Holy Spirit who makes His home in us. So it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all that there is all this competition going on in the globe of ideologies. There's ideological competition going on right now. Marxism, socialism, capitalism, and all kinds of nationalisms and many other isms, whatever they are, they're all competing with each other for a space to exist and survive. And, and, and in some cases, the creature and the environment are at war with each other and so the war doesn't just stay with words, the war becomes violent and takes the human life energy. So, do you receive the Word of God that says you should hold fast to the pattern, follow the pattern of wholesome and sound teaching? Come on, do you receive it? Okay then, I'm glad you receive it because I'm about to give you some more. Because in John chapter 14, verse 30, it says, I will not talk with you much more. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. For the prince, the evil genius ruler of the world is coming. So Jesus is about to get crucified. And so he's telling his disciples, I won't talk with you much more. In other words, this creature and the environment we're nearly done here. So how is it that this perfect creature can cease to exist in this environment? Because no one can take my life. Hey? Right? No one could take Jesus' life. So he's talking to his disciples. This is a personal conversation. He says, I'm having a conversation with you now. I will not talk to you much more. Because the prince, the evil genius ruler of the world is coming and he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him and he has no power over me. But he says, the prince of the world, the evil genius of the darkness of this world is coming after me. So he's telling them up front without being able to tell them that he's about to be crucified. But he's telling them, the prince of this world, the evil genius, he's figured out a way to kill me. And I'm going to let him. That's why I can't talk to you much longer. So this is the only way I can die. It's for the prince of this world. 
the one that is at war with the creatures in the environment and he's using the environment and the creatures understanding of the environment what was the creatures understanding of the environment that caused him to be able to take his life Jesus had lots of money and Judas did not like the way Jesus managed money well how can you say that well, here's a woman, she comes and she gives a, she's got a year's worth of income that she has bought, expensive ointment, and she comes and she rubs it into the feet of Jesus. And Judas is looking on and he's watching her rubbing this expensive ointment into his feet. And he says in his heart, how can this be? Surely this ointment should have been sold and all of this should have been given to the poor. It wasn't about the poverty that he was worried about or the poor people. He was worried about it that Jesus didn't have something to say about a very expensive, lots of money, gift, present that was given to him. And right then, the devil gets Judas' heart. He needed Judas because he needed the creature that was in an environment that money was the scarcity resource that he wanted more than anything else. More than he wanted a relationship with Jesus, he wanted the money. So then he has an accusation against Jesus because Jesus must manage the money in his mind. And so he then gets an offer from the Religious order will give you a whole bunch of silver, pieces of silver, 30 pieces of silver. We'll give you if you'll betray Jesus to us. What's happening here? They went after the creature who understood the environment, that, there was, that he saw the environment as an enemy, even though he had watched Jesus his whole time overcome the environment. He still had a mindset in his heart the environment is my enemy. And I have to compete with everybody else in the environment, so I'm going to betray Jesus. Listen, I've seen nobody be able to kill Jesus. Not the water, not the storm, not the people. Many times. So if I betray him for money, there's no ways that he's going to die anyway. So I'll betray him. It wasn't the betrayal that was the problem. It was that he loved the money more than Jesus. Because the environment and the enemy and the environment was... He, he had a different mindset. So Jesus says, the, the evil genius of the world is coming and he has no claim on me. Verse 31, but Satan is coming and I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know and be convinced that I love the Father. And that I do only what the Father has instructed me to do. I act in full agreement with His orders. I rise and let us, so rise and let us go away from you. I act in accordance with His orders. In other words, this environment has still got no, no authority over me. There's, no, there's nothing in this environment that controls me. Everything that's about to happen to me, I willfully do it because the Father wills it. 
The father is allowing the evil genius prince of this world, the Satan, to come after me. The father is permitting him to come after me. He requires my will to be laid down. I'm hoping you are beginning to understand that Jesus had complete dominance of the environment. Did Adam have complete dominance of the environment until he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? He had complete dominance of his environment. Right? If you don't believe me, go and study it yourself. Please, I ask you. Because I need you to be convinced that what I'm about to, what I'm teaching you, that you get it in your heart. Otherwise, words that I just speak to you can just, ah, well, that's just another message. Good Sunday Easter message. Mooi gepreek, pastoor. You talked about the death of Jesus on Easter Sunday. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. I'm reading everything in the Amplified. But understand this, that in the last days will come, it will set in perilous times of great stress and trouble. I know you know the scripture very well. Because a lot of preachers preach it. I preach on it a lot because it's the truth. Because it reflects our time. And it has reflected every other time of every other believer that they've lived in. Because every other time there has been the same evil prince of this world, genius, that has been at work for the creatures in the environment. And he's used the environment against the creatures. And he's told the creatures that the environment is, uh, he has to bow to the environment where God has made the creature always to be in power over the environment and not to be enslaved by the environment. So, Understand this, that in the last days will come and set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered, lovers of money and aroused by an inordinate greedy desire for wealth. Proud and arrogant, contemptuous boasters, they will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy and profane. They will be without natural human affection. In other words, everything you're seeing in the world today, LGBTQ, everything, everything, oh, come what after that. It's about, they do not, they are without natural human affection. Callous and inhuman, relentless, admitting to, of no truce or appeasement. They're relentless. They will stand their ground no matter what. I will be, this is what I'm, where I make my stand. It's arrogance. It's pride. I don't care what you believe. This is my space of my environment and I will dominate it and I will, because I have to compete with you. Because there's only so much resource. There's only so much stuff that we can, that we can go after. And I'm going to be the one who gets it, not you. Relentless, admitting of no truce or appeasement, they will be slanderers, false accusers, troublemakers, intemperate, loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled and fierce and haters of good. They will be treacherous, betrayers, rash and inflated with self-conceit. Do you see President Putin in this? 
Do you see the, the, the great Chinese Communist Party in this? Do you see the Iranian people in this, even though they have a religious order that they follow? Stay with me for the rest of the scripture. They will be treacherous, betrayers, rash and inflated with self-conceit. They will be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements more than and rather than the lovers of God. This is, this is, this is the part that vain amusements really has to challenge us in our environment that we live in because it's an environmental issue. If you're amused by something, then it actually is, uh, is taking your attention to the environment. But actually, it becomes your enemy because once you give your attention to your amusement, you're no longer giving your attention to God. So amusements more than and rather than the lovers of God. And although they hold a form of piety, which is supposed to be true religion, they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. So certainly you can see how many Muslim nations, Hindu nations, even Christian nations practicing religious ceremonies all the time. They, are, they all believe and have a form of religion and they have a form of God, but they deny the power of it. They deny the power of Him. And by the way, this doesn't just apply to whole organizations and institutions. That's, if I've been trying to teach you everything for the last three messages, it's that whatever's happening globally is happening personally. It's happening to you today. And so they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Their conduct belies the genuineness of what they profess. Avoid all such people. Turn away from them. That's why God said, I'll take the children. And that's why he challenged families to let their children go to God. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? I'm reading a lot of scripture today and I'm doing my best to just stick with the scripture. Doing my best to get through a lot today. Because, to, by the way, tonight is going to be something extraordinary. Extraordinary. Love in a time of war. I haven't a clue about what they're going to do. I just know that it's going to be amazing. I heard little snippets, you know. I was going to say tweets, but no. You gave me nothing for that, you guys. I thought the younger people would give me something for that, you know. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 in the Amplified Bible, I read it to you. For though we walk and we live in the flesh, what's your flesh, creature? Hey, creature, isn't that your flesh? Creature, can you live without your flesh? You need it, right? 
We are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. In other words, this whole thing that's going on in the environment with you, the creature, the flesh, and the environment around you, and everything that the environment wants to bring to you, against you, with you, whatever. It's not about that. For the weapons of our warfare, as Christian creatures, because we are now new creation. We are new creatures. We don't have to live like everybody else in the world. The worst thing that we can do is look at worldly role models and say, that's what I want to become like. That is the very worst thing that we can do. Even the Apostle Paul said, don't follow me. You can follow me as I follow Christ. And he goes on to say, even though if I was to boast in the natural, I have a lot to boast about. I came from the right tribe. I was a Pharisee. I was a man of money. I was a man of means. I was a man of connection. He had everything. He said, but I don't boast in that. I boast in the fact that I serve the Most High God. Because actually, without Him, I'm just the worst sinner. He often calls himself that. I'm least deserving to be called the Apostle. Amen. Amen. They want to get into that. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. These strongholds are, as you and I know, in as much as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and proud and lofty things. So just, just recognize this. Arguments. Arguments, are you, if, you're, if you're arguing against something that's in the Word of God, where do you think it's coming from? It's not coming from God. It's coming from somebody that's coming to you as a creature and saying, I want you to argue against God. Listen to what I'm saying because the environment is yours to take and you have to compete with others. So, Argument. You must have arguments. You, you've got to have a theory. And you've got to have reasons. And you've got to have, and if you, if you have got any backbone pride in yourself, then you will have lofty ambitions and lofty dreams. These things, they set themselves up against the true knowledge of God. What is the true knowledge of God? Hey, creature, serve Him, worship Him, love Him, and the environment bows to you. And then the enemy has no hold on you because you don't have to compete in an environment. So, take every proud and lofty thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the anointed one being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience. That's you all. The Bible says we collectively as the church must be ready to punish every, every person who's got a thought that's against the knowledge of God. Insobedience when your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. So I can say that, uh, and I was talking to Andy and Penny about this, and I've spoken to you about this, just the same way that Brother Jerry is known as the man where his signature message is favor. 
Brother Copeland's signature message is prosperity. I believe that my signature message is submission to authority, otherwise known as honor and accountability. You cannot have accountability if there's no honor. And you cannot have any honor if there's no accountability. The two have to go hand in hand. If you're not accountable to anybody, then you have no honor. Zero. Because you only honor yourself. At the same time, if you say you're honorable, then you will have no problem being accountable. No problem. It's the, the problem comes is when honor and accountability work together, then, then you get tested. Then you get tested. You get tested. So, sub, so that's, I, I mean, you know, if we talk about the authority of God and we talk about Jesus submitting to, to the Father, then you can say that Jesus was fully accountable to everything the Father wanted. Yes? And he was accountable because he honored the Father. If there was no honor, there would be no accountability. Accountability increased his honor. To death. His accountability to the Father said, the prince of this world has nothing in me. He's got nothing. He can't even accuse me of anything. There's nothing. He can't find any fault in me. The prince, the evil genius of this world has got nothing in me. But because the Father wants him to come after me and he wants him to come and take my life, I will be accountable to the Father's will. And so my honor for the Father grows because I recognize where the warfare is coming from and I let it happen to me because the Father wants me to permit it. Hallelujah. When you live like this, it doesn't matter what Vladimir Putin decides or what Xi Jinping decides as the leader of the Communist Party of China. It doesn't matter what the ANC government says or Julius Malema and his party says and or anybody else in the world says if you are in the place where you are worshiping and serving the most high God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and doing you can do that because Jesus lives in you he says be holy even as I am holy he wouldn't say you could if you couldn't and you can because you are a new creature you are not an old creature trying to do old things like old people not old people, but old beings that have lived on the universe for a long time. They only have one way of living. It's they've got to compete with their environment and compete with each other in the environment. Praise the Lord. Have you noticed something different about my preaching for the last three sessions? Well, if you haven't, Yes. Then I don't know what else to do next. Uh, so what's happened to me? I'll tell you what's happened to me is that over the last four or five years, God has been has been increasing and uh, using the honor that I have given to Brother Jerry the honor that I've given to his word, the honor that I've given my life to serving him. 
He's used my accountability to you and my accountability to Brother Jerry, my honor that I have for him and for you to keep my life straight and holy because I'm accountable to you. There is no greater way that I can be accountable. First, I'm accountable to my wife to keep myself pure and holy for her. And when I'm, when I'm pure and I'm, doing, I'm holy spiritual for her, then I can be spiritual and holy for you. And I can be accountable to you. And vice versa. Pastor Sharon is accountable to me for her lifestyle. Hey. Hey, nah. So I have to just quickly say this. I don't, the reason our, our marriage works so well is because I don't look at every fault that she has or displays or she doesn't look at every fault that I display and hold me and punish me for it and execute judgment on me for my fault. So I'm accountable to her through grace. Because if our relationship was based on punishment and performance and it was based on judgment and if you don't do it my way, then I'm going to, I'm going to show you in some form of punishment that you need to bow to my desires. Doesn't that sound like the creature and the environment having a competition, creature to creature and the environment that you live in? That's... That's not God's love. That's self-love that's dominating in an environment. Anyway, I don't want to talk about marriage now. I've got other stuff to talk about. But that's for somebody today. Amen. Amen. So being ready to, in readiness in pun, to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience when your own submission and obedience are fully secured and complete. And as, as a church, look at, obvious, at this obvious fact what he, which is before your eyes. If anyone is confident that he is Christ, let him reflect and remind himself that even as he is Christ, so too are we. In other words, we must keep reminding each other that we are of Christ. What's your Christ behavior today, brother, sister? I am of Christ and you are of Christ. And so we must keep reminding each other that we are of Christ. Why? So that the creature doesn't submit to the environment and the competition that the environment, that the enemy wants to create with other creatures. You've got to have to remind each other that we are of Christ because the minute we remind each other of Christ, then we begin to talk a different language because a Christ person talking to another Christ person says we are new beings that do not submit to the environment. Therefore, I can say to you that if you seek first the kingdom of God, you seek first the ways of God, you seek first the righteousness of God, then all the things of the environment will be given to you and will be added to you. You don't have to work for it. My energy is spent in the place where I acknowledge that as a creature, I need to be working in an environment, but I don't allow the environment to dominate me. I didn't have this kind of knowledge. I didn't have this kind of 
understanding of the Word of God when I was in the corporate world. But my faith in God and the way that I walked with God gave me advantages that other people didn't have. And when I, this very, this very big company down the road, Middleburg Steel and Alloys it was then, now that it's called Columbus, when they were reevaluating their whole computer strategy, they did the whole deal politically. It was a political deal between Bala Rand, senior executive board, and the, and the Middleburg Steel and Alloys board. The two boards made the decision that they were going to move away from my computer platform that I was representing the company and go to IBM. It was a political decision. It wasn't a decision that was based on needs. So you understand that when senior executives at board levels make an agreement and they issue a tender that's in favor of someone else, you are in an environment where you are already creature to creature, environment for environment, you've lost. You've lost. Right? So I'm a creature that's a new creature in an environment where creatures that are old creatures that don't have Christ, they are behaving in the only way they know how to behave. That's to use political power, use influence, and use other agendas to get what they want. So there's a new creature here that's involved in this whole deal. This new creature says, I'm not going to talk your language. I'm going to talk the language of the Spirit. So I go to the Spirit and I go, Sambrendeshto lembrakindo, lembrandeshembregedesembrambandokoshe. I speak the Spirit of God language about the deal. And every time I have to report to the board, I say, but I believe I'm going to get the, the deal. Even though every part of my report would have reflected the facts were against me. Hello. What was happening? Instinctively, the Holy Spirit, the faith, the Word of God that I was meditating on day and night was, was growing the new creature in me. And the new creature in me looked at the environment and all of the creatures operating in the environment the way they do and say, you don't have to submit to this. You're more powerful than these board members talking to exec executive to executive the decisions already made. Tenders were issued based on the decisions of the executives. But my new creature status said, you don't have to bow to this environment. And so I prayed in the Spirit and I prayed in the Spirit. And one day I'm in the bath and while I'm in the bath, it's, it's like a television screen. I see a man's face and it's like, wow, God, who's this man? And so now I know what's happening. God showed me the face of a man. It was a supernatural vision that I received. I saw the face of a man. And I went on to the, to the board reports, uh, annual reports that they produce, and I looked and I found the man's name. And I went to that man and I started to talk to him. And I said, have they come to you and spoken to you about your needs? He, so long story short, they had to, he went back to the board and said, did you guys make all this decision without consulting me? And they said, yes, we did. Because of these reasons and these reasons, he says, you do that, we have no business. Because this business is not about all the finances that you can get out of an IBM machine. It's about what I can produce out of these furnaces. And IBM can't do this. 
prove to me that IBM can do this, and then I'll change my mind. So IBM came, so they had to put a hold on the tender. IBM came in, and they tried to make it work, and they tried, and they tried, and they tried, and they tried, and they tried. And they threw resources, because now the executives have all made the decision. And they couldn't make it work. So they had to reissue the tender based on the requirements to make the furnace work. All the while, IBM says, no, we'll find a solution. We'll find a solution. We'll find a solution. We'll partner with someone somewhere around the world and we'll find a solution. And when the time came and said, let's test the solutions based on your tender, they couldn't make it work. Who made it work? We made it work. And when they counted all the points on the tender, my company won the tender. There was only one salesman who took the commission home. It was this dude. Because what happened was the new creature in me said, you don't have to submit to this environment. This environment is not your boss. These people that say they control the deal and the money that comes to you, they don't. You pray in the Spirit and let God change what needs to be changed. Still to this day, I mean, I don't know, the, the guy that I worked for then probably died a long time ago because he was much older than me, so probably he would have died a long time ago. I don't know. I don't know if, where he is. I lost. He's not in my world. But to the time that I've lost contact with him, he still couldn't understand how I got that deal. Because I didn't get it the way that other people would get it. In, in fact, he made a decision. He said, you've got two weeks to turn this thing around. And if you can't turn it around in two weeks, I'm taking you off the deal because I don't want to waste your resources, senior account manager that you are. I don't want to waste you on this account because politically this is decided. So you've got two weeks. And that changed everything because I was not speaking the language of the people I wasn't going in there saying, oh, sorry, guys, I won't be seeing you anymore. IBM's coming in. They're going to flood the office. I went in there like they were still my account. And I kept talking to them like they were still my account. And I was going to be working with them for a long time to come. I let my faith talk. New creature faith. New creature stuff. Changed everything. I'm talking to someone today. Hopefully everybody. Yes. Hallelujah. How do you think Jesus can say to his disciples, go feed them? And he said, there were maybe 30,000 people. It doesn't matter even if there was 5,000 people only. You can't feed 5,000 people with a few loaves and fishes. So what does Jesus say? Jesus says, come bring it to me. I want to show you that this creature and the environment, they do not, there's nothing here. Let's break bread. Let's take these fishes because the environment has got to bow to the creature. Because this creature no longer is never subject to this environment. This creature only hears the will of God. And so what is a few loaves and fishes to break and multiply and to create food for thousands? Why don't you understand this yet? Yet I told you to feed them. 
Didn't you see me walk on the water? Didn't you see me multiply the wine? Didn't you see me calm the storm? Didn't you see me cast out demons into pigs? Didn't you see me do all of these things? Go feed them. Didn't I send you out already and into cities and into places and say, when you are received there, leave your blessing there. But if they do not receive you there, then wipe the dust off your feet and it's better for them that they be cursed because they are cursed. They don't receive you. Yes, creature, you, new being creature, new creature, you have a whole new hope ahead of you. You have a whole new world ahead of you. You have a whole new future ahead of you. It's a future that God created for you as a new creation. All things have passed away. All things, all the old things have passed away. Everything that's old has passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Not only some things, everything has become new. That means the way that I make money, it means the way that I treat sickness and disease. It's the way I treat treat relationships. It's the way that everything happens in my life. It's new. If you haven't worked out what the difference is in and how the, my ministry has changed is because as God has been instructing this creature to step up in the ministry and do things in the ministry and, and, and go and do five weeks and go and do seven weeks and watch God at work and watch the impact that it had been having. This creature, the new creature has been building confidence in the south, inside of me and the Holy Spirit has been saying, I back you, son. You just speak and I back you because you serve me, because you love me, because you take my words seriously, because you're meditating on my word now. I back you. Every decision you take, I'm going to back you. I'm going to be behind you. Just speak it. Speak like I would speak. Speak what you need to speak. Hallelujah. And so I still take accountability to humans as honourable. Humans that love me, that will walk with me, not work for me. Hallelujah. I don't need people to work in the church. I need people to walk in the church. Because when we walk together, we become powerful. Then our work becomes worship. Then everything we do in the togetherness becomes so great that we become ecclesia. Ruling authority church. Hallelujah. And so, why do we need to be ecclesia? Are you, are you with me this morning? You want me to stop preaching now? <laughs> That's manipulation, eh? No, listen, guys, I've got about 10 minutes left. I've got uh, to minister. Will you give me 10 more minutes? I know that you are receiving this because the Holy Spirit gave this download to me to preach from before the beginning of this weekend. And I had to speak about everything that's happening in the world. And I wanted you to, and the Holy Spirit wanted you to see that actually as a new creature, whatever's happening out there, you are not subject to it. Yes. You and me, we change what's happening in the world around us. We do not submit to it. So hear me out now. If you, are, if you are not yet confident enough in what I'm telling you, okay. But don't, don't just say, well, that's for Pastor John and others that believe that. You've got to make a decision and say, I'm going to build this confidence. I'm going to let this new creature get stronger. 
You've got to make this choice. That's why I said it before. I don't know how strong your belief is. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. For both Pastor Sharon and I, I can confidently say to you that in the, we've been married for 42 years. Out of the 42 years of marriage, we've, we've, we've lived a new understanding of the Word of God as a new creature in faith. And I can confidently say to you that in 40 years we have grown and continued to grow in our understanding of the new creature and the faith that we can walk in and that God adds to us when we worship Him and we serve Him. He never takes from us. I can confidently say that as we have grown in this knowledge, our lives have become completely submitted to the knowledge of the truth of the word rather than the knowledge of the truth of, of facts. Um, I have Dr. Amanda sitting in the auditorium here today. She worked on, on, a tooth, on my tooth that had an abscess. It was such a big abscess in the middle of, of the two root canals that she wanted to pull the tooth. She said, I said, what's the problem with this abscess? It will cause you problems in your body because it's poison. It'll get into your body. So I said, is there something you can do about it? She said, I can give you some antibiotics in the meantime, but sooner or later we're going to have to do about it. She knows. She's a witness to it. She has. I went back to her some, a year later or whatever. Am I right, Dr. Amanda? And I asked her to take a scan of the same tooth so that she could see the tooth. Because all I needed was I needed medical help so that I could get my faith to work. And I started using the Word of God and speaking to this tooth and I commanded this abscess to go away and I commanded my bone structure to return to normal. She confirmed that the bone structure was back to normal. It had gone back where the abscess had eaten away whatever cartilage bone structure was there. It, God had replaced it. Hallelujah. I appreciate the medical profession. They help us against the curse of sin and sickness and disease. But our faith is still strong. And if we will let God use our faith to overcome sickness and disease, it's stronger than the medical profession. Hallelujah. The medical profession has no answer to, to viruses and things that come. Uh, your body's immune system has to deal with it that God gave you. Am I right, Dr. Nico? I mean, God gave you the answer. He gave it to us. So when we speak the Word of God into our immune system and say, now work, immune system. Work. Work. Work now. Come on, do your job. Grow strong now. Work against this COVID virus. Work against these, these flu viruses. Work against it. I command my body to function the way God caused it and made it to function for it to be strong in every immune system to reject every virus. And when any virus comes to my body, it dies because my immune system is strong enough to reject it and beat it and kill it. 
That's new creature talk. Hallelujah. And so, part of the reason that God wants us to live like this is because I read Ephesians chapter 9 and I'm closing with this scripture. And I'm not circling to land, I'm coming into land already. Also, this is the Amplified Bible, also to enlighten all men and make plain to them what is the plan regarding the Gentiles and providing for the salvation of all men. Of the mystery kept hidden through ages and concealed until now in the mind of God who created all things by Christ Jesus. I'm only reading a portion of Ephesians. Go and read the whole thing and you'll get a lot better understanding of this. But check what this says in verse 10. The purpose is that through the church, the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects that is in God might now be known to the angelic rulers and authorities and principalities in the heavenly sphere. And this is in accordance with the terms of the eternal and timeless. Timeless. Purpose which he has realized and carried into effect in the person of Jesus, Christ Jesus our Lord. So the whole purpose that Jesus came to the earth was to say, I'm going to redeem the creature, that the creature is going to be new. Anybody who believes in me and receives me as Lord and Savior, you now no longer have to live wasting your time and energy to try and get rid of sin. Okay, I've got to come down here for the last, for the last landing. I'm now properly <laughs> landing here. Now you see. So we don't have to waste our time to say, I've got to try and overcome sin and I've got to use my willpower and my achievement and, every, and all, all of the strength that I have and I've, and I've got to work this thing to try and overcome the sin and the stuff that's in my world. I don't have to, I've got to, all I've got to do is say, new creature, receive the word. Receive the Word of God. Receive the Word of life. Receive the power of the new creation food. Feed me with the Word. New creature, get fed with the Word of God. Get strong with the Word of God. You got to hang around people that think like this. You got to hang around people that talk like this. If you hang around people that are still old creature behavior, talking behavior, pattern behavior stuff, people, if you hang around people like that, you are not going to change. Your thinking will still be stinking. And there is no thinking that comes from God that stinketh. It is only old creature behavior that smells like poo-poo. Yes. 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 C-R-A-P. It's stuff that comes from cows and lands on the floor after they've eaten. Manure. It stinketh. When I want to compete with you, if I want to compete with the world system 
for resources. If I want to, if I want my pride to say I'm a self-made man, if I want to be somebody that says I can do this, I can show anybody, I can beat anything. There's nobody that can. I've got everything under control, and I'm going to show you. I can become more and more educated, and I can become so educated that nobody can ever refute. I can refute every argument and theory that if you even bring the knowledge of Christ to me, I've got an argu- argument against the, your knowledge of Christ. Because it's a new age argument or it's an evolutionary argument or it's a, uh, some kind of philosophy, some kind of theory that you make up because you've been so educated. And a new creature inside of you says, every argument, every theory, everything that raises itself up against the knowledge of Christ, I take it captive. I not only just take it captive, I take it and I I take it prisoner. Actually, that's what it means. I take it prisoner and I actually put it in a prison and it can't get out and come back at me. And every time it tries to come back at me, I put it back in the same prison. Get back in your prison. Stay in your prison. Stay in your prison. Don't come out yet. Stay in your prison. Now, if you just try and be prison-minded, then you're not going to win either. You've got to say, I'm freedom-minded. I am free from those thoughts that try and bring What's, a, what's an argument? Come, let's talk about a quick argument that would raise itself up against the knowledge of Christ. A quick argument would be that your income is limited to your opportunity. Is your income limited to your opportunity? That's what the world will tell you. Yes? Your income is limited to your uh, performance, your education, your connections. Your, your income is limited. What's God say? So that's an argument. Would you agree? Would you agree that most people on this earth, including all Christians, actually think that they have to go after money because you've got to be income-minded? Right? Most Christians think you've got to be income-minded. I'm learning as a new creature. I'm not income-minded. I'm solutions-minded. What good does money do you when a storm hits your boat and it's the best boat on the sea? And your money bought the best boat. And now the storm comes and it overturns your boat. You ain't going to float no boat. So Jesus doesn't worry about whether he was have, had all money or enough for where he was going. He was fast asleep in the storm. Why is he fast asleep in the storm? Because this creature and this environment, it has nothing on me. Jesus, 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 wake up. All the other creatures, wake up. Wake up it's like ants around a queen bee ant, you know. Wake up, wake up, Jesus. Don't you care that we're going to die? We're going to die. We're going to die, Jesus. We're going to die. Can't you see the storm? Oh, you guys, where's your faith? Be still. Shush. That's the translation, actually. Shush. Be quiet. And so the wind just went quiet. And when the wind went quiet, the wave stopped. And the disciples are like, 
Two minutes ago, we were worried about our lives. And now the waves just went away and the wind stopped. What manner of man is this? It's what they said. What manner of man is this? That he can command the waves and he can command the wind. What manner of man is this? You know what manner of man is? The same manner of man that's sitting in you right now. Jesus Christ, the new creation, is in you. And we can build our confidence in Him. That we can command winds and storms the way He commanded them. Hallelujah. And so, what, what is it about meeting your needs at the end of the month? How do you get to meet your needs at the end of the month? Well, you begin to speak like new creatures speak. Father, I'm going to get up in this morning and I'm going to worship you. And I'm going to put you first. And I'm going to praise you. And I'm going to praise you. And I'm going to thank you. And I'm going to honor you. And I'm going to worship you. And I'm going to just give you all of my praise. And I'm going to read your word. And I'm going to speak your word. And when I go out into the world out there, I'm going to say, thank you, Lord, that you meet all of my needs. You meet everything because I put you first. I worship you. I praise you. I thank you. I glorify you. And I'm listening to worship music. And I'm listening to ministry and I'm putting the word in my ears and I'm putting in my spirit and I'm everywhere I'm going, I'm just talking about Jesus and I'm living for Jesus. And so now what happens to my month end need? I begin to speak to it and I say, because Jesus is first in my life, I add to my life what needs to be added. I command it to come. Be met. I command the need to be met in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That is one of the many-sided aspects, one of the most, of all of the varieties and beauties of who Jesus is and who God is. That's just one thing about Him that He wants to reveal to all the angelic hosts that He meets our needs because we as creatures don't have to serve the environment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. This kind of preaching ought to, ought to just stir you up. This kind of preaching ought to just say to you, I no longer am going to be a, a creature that talks like other creatures. And when other creatures come around me and they've been, like Brother Jerry said, listening to CNN and all those other things, and they've been doing all this kind of stuff, I, don't, I may know what the facts are, but I don't bow to those facts. It was a fact there was a storm that came to take out Jesus, but he didn't bow to the fact. It was a fact that they ran out of wine, but Jesus didn't bow to that. It was a fact that he needed food to feed the people, but he didn't bow to the fact. He spoke the truth of a new creature, of a creature that is connected to the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
That's why I have great hope for all of, all of uh, the families of Heritage of Faith, all of the young people that are, that are giving their lives to God. I have great, great hope because what's happening is that God is beginning to stir your faith and He's beginning to take old religious mindsets and barriers and things that people have put up in their lives. This is the way it's supposed to be. That's the way the culture says. That's the way the norm says. That's the way the economy says. That's the way that politicians say. That's what governments say. And God is beginning to shift all of those things out of our lives. And He's beginning to obliterate all of those yokes of bondage that have been over us on our necks all of these years. He's beginning to destroy destroy it and we are beginning freer and freer and freer and freer and freer and we're becoming freer and freer and freer and words of light keep coming out of our mouths and we become sweet and beautiful and an aroma in the, in, the, in the nostrils of God. And to the people around us, we become salty and tasty and we become light. And people say, these people, we want to hang around them. They're always positive. They always talk good. They always talk great. They've always got some solution for something going on. And they don't care about what's not happening. They're always talking about what is going to happen and what is happening. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. I refuse to let this creature be submission, be in submission to something that is as poor as dust. Because this body will become dust and it only requires things to feed it from dust. So, but I have a spiritual and heavenly account that I pull from. Hallelujah. I didn't get through my message today. Can you believe it? I might have to preach one more time on this subject anyway. Won't you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Yes, hallelujah. Glory to God. Do you know what the Bible says? The people that are going to serve us communion, can you please get the communion elements ready? We are just going to take communion. I wanted you to stand for a minute because you've been sitting for a long time. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that when we remember the Lord's death till He come, when we remember it and we examine ourselves, what happens is that the new creature inside of us allows us to live in health and in well-being. Now, just bear with me for a moment. That's why we're having communion this morning now. We're having communion because through the death of Jesus, through His body that was broken, and through the blood that was shed, the new creature gets to be what you are. Now, watch this. Remember what I've taught you years ago about this. Some of you are new here. When the Bible says that you need to examine yourself, He's not, the Bible is not saying in this moment of celebrating the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the blood that you must now look at all your sins and evaluate your sins. He's saying, if you don't understand the new creature that's in you when you take communion and recognize the other new creatures that you are accountable to, that you must honor the Christ that is in them. Many are sick and weak and many die early among you. Why? Because they live as old creatures, not as new. 
So our job when we have communion is not to say how much sin I've got to be forgiven from. It's to celebrate that we are free from the sin that God, that Jesus paid the price from. And it's to celebrate all the, please hand out the communion elements. It's to celebrate all that He gave us. It's all this good stuff that I've been telling you about. He gave it to us. And when we take communion, we remember it. We remember it. I'm free from all of that shame and all of that guilt and all of that performance and all of that judgment and all of those words that are negative and stuff that has happened to me. I'm free from it. I walk in newness of love. A new life, a new life, a new life. I'm a new creature. I walk in new life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Ernest and Emma, are you enjoying your new life here in Woodbank? Big time. This is my son Ernest. We, you know, he's been with us since he was little. My son Ernest. I want to just tell you how God works in an environment with a creature. So we went to go to the Joburg uh, church site. And, I, and just that morning, Pastor Sharon said, John, John, I think I'll come with you. I know you know some of the story, but the rest of the story is yet to be told. So just bear with me for a minute. She has a conversation with Ernest and Emma, and she begins to talk to them, and suddenly things begin to gel in her, and then things begin to happen in them, and we begin to realize that it's time for them to come to Whitbank from Rustenburg, Rossimon. Are there out there somewhere in Rustenburg? Now, God has already supernaturally arranged for Ernest's daughter, Christine, to come and join the My Exchange program. She's a My Exchanger. She's exchanging. I don't know where she is, but she's over there with... Hello, Christina. So, God already arranged that. And so now God says it's time for them to come. Now, just hear me. The environment that they're in and where they're operating in, God said, time's up. This environment is not worthy of the creature. So God says, I'm going to change the environment so that the creature can enjoy, be, the environment can be worthy of the creature. So they moved into a nice place where people provided all kinds of utensils, all, all kinds of appliances, all kinds of beds, all kinds of stuff, everything that they needed. They still got their house in Rustenburg and all the stuff that's there, but now they've got a new place where they're staying in with all the stuff that's here. And now God wanted them to be here so that they could work with us and minister with us here in the ministry. Just like that, God changed the environment so suit the creature. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. And all you young creatures know, because <laughs> you are all you young creatures, God saved you because you were about to leave school and go to an environment where that environment was toxic. And it was going to come and consume you. And God said, no, 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 not you. Not you. You guys are all put aside. You are separated. 
you've got to come and worship the Most High God. And God created an environment for all the young people that are here with us. He said, come, we're going to do something. God's going to do something. Hallelujah. I don't have a communion. Thank you, MP. Speaking moeilijk for me to serve it to you if I don't have it. MP needs a new one. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't it wonderful that we can celebrate the death and the Lord of, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus this way? Hallelujah. Will you take the bread with me as a symbol of the, of the body of the Lord Jesus? And I declare that healing and health and wholeness, every manner of disease, be it mental diseases, oppressions, depressions, neurological issues, all things that relate to all manner of diseases in your body, in your organs, in all kinds of things that are, are not even named. I declare that the body of the Lord Jesus was broken for your wellness. And I command healing and health and wholeness to come into your body as you receive the Lord Jesus. Do you agree with this prayer? Hallelujah. Let's take the body of the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'm so grateful for the blood. The blood of Jesus has saved me from all of my guilt, all of my shame, all of my fear, all of my anxieties, all of the performance issues that everybody else is facing in the world, all of the insecurities and all of the fears and all of the wondering what's going to happen next. The blood of Jesus has paid a price so that I can be free from all of those things. My mind does not have to be troubled. I don't trouble my mind. I give my mind to the Word, and then the Word troubles the trouble. Hallelujah. Why don't you let the Word of God trouble the trouble rather than you trouble your own mind to try and fix a trouble that you can't fix anyway? And you trouble yourself over so much trouble that you can't even understand what trouble is anymore. I just speak the Word and trouble leaves. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood that we can be free from all of those things. Hallelujah. Let's take the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'd like you to just spend a minute with me to praise Him. Just praise Him and thank Him. That everything that you are as a new creature, from this day onwards, you begin to attract that into your life. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. I praise your name. Praise your name. Glory to the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that every name that is named in this universe has got to bow to the name of Jesus. Every authority that is ever on the earth has got to bow to the name of Jesus as it pertains to me in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we receive all your goodness and all your blessing and all of the good things that you have paid the price for. We receive it by faith in our lives in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
I declare that your afternoon is blessed and that you have peace and that you have joy and as you gaan eet eet lekker ne and I declare that your uh, your restfulness wherever you're going to do for the rest of the afternoon that it will be full of glory that it will be full of the the, the speakings of God let the ancient languages and the ancient words of God let them bubble out of your spirit and your mouth let it fill your home let it fill your life glory to God Hallelujah. And tonight you are going to be treated like royalty with, with a production that God has orchestrated. Love in a time of war. Act one, scene one. Hallelujah. We'll see you later. God bless you all. Thanks for coming, guys.